Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Twin Cities by Night and our third story arc, Dread. Dread is set in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, Minneapolis, and St. Paul in the hot and humid summer of 2011. Join us again and continue to follow the journey of Katow, played by Quinn, and William, played by Slavic, as they continue to traverse the dark society held within the Twin Cities. They will be joined by three new kindred, Warren, a Tremere, played by Adam, Valentine, a Nosferatu, played by Alex, and Lenny, a Nosferatu, played by Andrew. The quarter will find themselves joined together by a sense of dread. If you would like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. William, after your your tour of the Twin Cities by Hardy's Ellsworth, you went back to your haven and you went to sleep and you awoke. So go ahead and spend a blood pool point. What's your blood pool currently at right now? Three. Three. Hmm. So you're sitting there and you wake up kind of later than everyone else due to your three in humanity. And you're waking in your apartment and you kind of see like the, the, the window where the shades are closed that you control with your electronic remote with the window that look, overlooks the Missouri river, that very nice view that you have there. And what is going on in your mind due to the events of the previous night? And what would you, what, what are you planning to do? So, yeah, you know, Ellsworth, he put a lot of interesting thoughts in his mind, some that he still has to sort of mull over, you know, Ellsworth has this very different point of view and it's not really something that can change overnight and uh so it's been a lot of things happening and uh william's not really sure he's ready to let go of his associates or friends or whatever ellsworth calls them and so yeah it's gonna be a struggle for him definitely so what kind of thoughts did he put in, in William's head, you know, like through the conversations and everything that happened? And what did what did you take away from what he was trying to tell you? Well, at the core of it is, it's trying to tell William that the, the way he saw or he sees the world sort of, you know, gain power, gain control and gain influence, and manipulate people, whatever that. It's not the only thing that's important, you know. There's something else out there. Now, it's hard to define what that something else is, you know. For Ellsworth, it's the city and, you know, probably something William couldn't even consider, dream of, but yeah. So how did William react also to Ellsworth mentioning hearing the ocean also at the very end there? Oh, yeah, that was, that was very... Like disturbing because it means that it's not like a singular phenomenon, you know. It's really something that's sort of based, or rather, uh, it's something that other people also hear, or at least one other person can, which mean which gives it a sort of legitimacy, you know. I mean, William sort of believed it already, or, or like felt it was important, but now. Uh, the effects are sort of more pronounced. So through the conversation and through 
the reformation that like the sound of the ocean represents something yeah. and the, and everything that Ellsworth was saying about like bubbles of inspiration that like are take this city. How does that like, what exactly um, is that leading you to conclude about Ellsworth? Like William to conclude about him? Like, like, like if, if, if someone was to ask William, like, who is this man to you? What would you say? That'd be a very hard to explain. It sort of depends on the person asking, of course, you know, to some he'd say business associate, to others he'd say um, just someone I know, you know, and to others he'd say he doesn't know him at all. And everything is partly true, but in reality, honestly, what William really sort of sees him as, as a potential candidate for the embrace. Oh wow! So William's like looking at him like a potential child, like like yeah. to brace. That's why he sort of joked, you know, "Don't die in the next thirty years" or something like that. It's not because you know, it's because I want to maybe embrace you further down the line. That that's an interesting dichotomy because like I got this sense of like mentor, mentoree mm-hmm. with him to you. You know what I mean? In this weird way, like kind of like yeah, giving yeah. You this advice, and then you're like wanting to bring him forth which would almost make yeah like make him your child you know what i mean it kind of like had this yeah. weird relationship you know where up is down and down is up you know kind exactly. of exactly you and him yeah that, that that that's an interesting relationship I, I like that i really like that because i was wondering how that was going to come across in william's head and as all to be honest it was the most comfortable that i've seen william since william had that confrontation with kimberly uh, Harris, you know, and where he, mm-hmm. where she, she opened his senses to what now he perceives. And it's almost like in a weird way, it was like seeing the old William, but a more mature version of him come out a little bit there, especially that, 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 that comment about the sheep where it's like, you see like all these people who you were trying to emulate not too long ago as sheep now, you know, not in control of their own fate, you know, and just kind of like getting pulled along the current. So oh, that was really, that was really interesting. I like that. So What's your plan? What do you want to do right now? I do believe I have an unanswered call from Warren right now. So we'll cut to Warren. You, we left off with you where you were coming from the southwest portion of these projects. You were just coming upon crossing the street and coming upon a basketball court that has like a chain link fence around it. Right when you step on the sidewalk in front of this chain link fence, you feel your phone vibrate and you when you pull it out of your pocket and you look you see it, it's a call from william warren will open up the phone or he'll answer the phone hello hello warren you called me yes yes i did i'm on my way up to the projects you're doing this evening well i currently have the evening free do you want me to join you your assistance could be useful. Let me interject before you respond. At that moment where you say your assistance could be useful, you start feeling a sense of calm when you when you when you start engaging in a conversation with William. You hear though slowly in the background of your consciousness the waves lapping on that shore again. It's like almost a moment where it's like you can be of assistance and you have spoken that 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 bond 
you have made that bond you have made the fact that you need to rely on them you 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 hear it gently and at the same time before you respond william you also hear in the far corners of the recesses of your mind that very same sound and this is the first time that this has happened to you and this is the william and this is the first time you've heard the sound since your failed attempt at astral projection now go ahead seems back on you he said your assistance would be most welcome uh do you want me to meet you somewhere I'll be there as soon as I can. Yes. Can you meet me at the corner of the nearest two streets? Will do. I'm See all, you there. I'll be waiting for you on the basketball court. William. So I take it you're going to get dressed and you're going to kind of, you're going to kind of head in that direction or? Exactly. You know, just prepare. And I think William would, you know, I know that he sort of stopped taking care of a bit about his appearance, but. Now he start dressing up again, you know, just make sure the shirt's ironed properly and everything. Gonna go, gonna go well dressed into the projects. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, what what what's going on in your head with like hearing what you heard while on the phone with them? Like like what 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 does that do to you at this moment? Uh, I wouldn't like. I don't think he could put it into words, but it's like this feeling of really like this this has to be something you know just hearing the wave and uh hearing the thing from ellsworth it really made him sort of focus on this emotion on this sort of i don't know how i'd call what he'd exactly feel it's like an omen a sort of anxiety you know you're not sure what's gonna happen if it's gonna be good or bad you know just sort of tingling in his fingers so when you're driving there, what's your like what how are you driving? Are you driving like in a hurry? Or are you driving like someone who is 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 is, is mind is racing? Or are you just taking your time going there? Or like uh I think he'd drive like relatively aggressively. Like, yeah. Trying definitely. to, you know, speed a bit and the usual. So when you're driving, when you like get your car from the valet and you start peeling down the streets of downtown and you like get on that that highway that leads to these projects you're just like burning down the road of this highway you're passing people you're going in the fast lane you're just cutting in front of people you're weaving in and out of traffic with this like with this uh beamer that you have just like th the fine precision german engineering is just taking you to your destination and you're almost like you know you're shifting gears and you're and you just hear the purring of this engine like, as you're fucking going down and you see like the 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 lights of the the, the that are along the highway like illuminating the water that's still in the road and you're just like literally like you hear a couple of horns honking but you're just this cutting like like a knife through butter just like going through traffic in and out and as you see as you're turning and you're going like 95 miles per hour right now probably in a 65 and you see off into the distance you see the the the, the scene that i've described before of these four towers that just stand out there and you look at this william and you you're reminded of these conversations that you had with ellsworth not but 24 hours before about these monuments that the city has brought forth, that man has brought forth and bubbles of inspiration that are brought to the forefront of everyone in the city. And you look at this and you look at those four buildings and you realize distinctly at this moment that that might've happened when these were created. Cause you look at this landscape, a landscape that once did not 
have man building structures like this that belong to native americans at one point and you see that this right here those four buildings that architecture right there signifies the roots of the city coming up and showing forth bringing forth fruit and you go off on the exit and you shift down and you start going towards this lower part of the neighborhood and you actually have not been in the side of of minneapolis until since you were looking into the murder of paul hughes not too long ago to where you saw that kid T that was on the street corner that you guys tried to confront while you're actually sitting in this very same car along the side of the street, watching your quartery, try to get information from him, not knowing what was going on, not really caring, sitting in the warmth of this very same car. And now you're purposely going in this area to get information rather than getting dragged along. And as you come across, you start seeing this basketball court. But as you're driving by down one street, I need you, Katow, to roll me a uh, perception alertness roll difficulty six, if you could. I got three successes. All right. So you're sitting in this car, Katow, in your Toyota Corolla. And you're, like, looking at this scene that's going on, you know, where we left off, where, like, you see this figure come walking across the corner. You can't make it out, though, because of where you're sitting in the car in the shadows. You know, like, probably no one can even see you in your car right now because of how dark it is. And you see a figure that's, like, the size of Valentine. And you see, like, Lenny walking towards him. You saw a moment of, like, weird unspoken communication. You see then Lenny walking towards him. And it's just in a focus. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden you see, like, you hear you have your windows down from your left and you hear like this distinct sound of like a purring of an engine which you are for very fucking familiar with because you were not just but in this car with william talking to the putinesca brothers not too long ago and you look surprised and you see the very same car is going on the cross street and you see him driving like he's driving in front of one of the other the, the project building that is on the south right now and there's a moment where you realize that's william's car but you can't make out any figure you know obviously that's in there because it's dark you see the headlights cut through and you see it kind of like slice through these streets we'll cut back to william william you're driving and you see this basketball court it's a ran down basketball court that has like a chain link fence that's around it and has these old hoops that don't have like like the netting anymore and you see that actually there, there's a, like two street lights that are on each corner to illuminate at night but currently there's no one in there you actually see there's like puddles of water that are still in there because like it's uneven that the courts in there and there's like little like kind of like where the ground has sunken in a little bit and you see a figure standing on the corner underneath one of the street lights right now it's the figure of warren and you're able to park your car you see that there's like a convenience store that's across the street from this basketball court right now and you're and you park your car in there and you're able to like if you want to you can just walk across the street and and see warren there if that's the case if that's what you like to do yeah definitely just casually approach him all right scenes on you guys warren william sort of you know shouts not too loud, but enough so he can hear it. Warren will wave sort of uh, timidly. And for those listening or watching, just so you know why, and I want to explain this before the scene continues, and I apologize. If you want to know why William and both William and now Warren hear it, it's because due to Warren's botched astral projection 
role that he had with the whole vision that came with it. Now for a week, he will hear this primordial ocean that William is going to hear for a year now or ever how long that lasts. But, you know, you, you, that's why he's hearing it now. So there's this weird unspoken connection. You guys, you guys are getting closer. It's almost like two magnets, you know what I mean? That are being drawn together at this moment when you feel like it's this, you both are now, you, you, you kind of hear it in the backdrop. It's not overcoming loud, but you're feeling more comfort around each other now than you probably felt before. Okay, now scenes on you. Sorry. So William would sort of walk up to him, offer him his hand, you know, the usual shtick. Warren will shake it and then he'll sort of pause for a minute. It feels really good to have you here. That's well, thanks, Warren. Unusual. So, what is it you need? I would like you to keep an eye on the street for me. If anyone seems to be following me where I go, please buzz my phone and let me know. Try to do the best I can. It's not really my area of expertise, uh, but I just, you know, an extra have, pair of eyes can't uh, hurt. I have a history with this part of town, and I would prefer not to repeat it. I see. Well, if anyone tries anything, I'll be sure to let you know. Okay, thank you. I'll be going into uh, those buildings. You know, I'll describe the projects that he's going into, which are the same ones that our intrepid Nosferatu are in. Yeah, they, they are actually, exactly, they're kind of in front of the east side building right now, and you're on the left side of the south side building and the left side of the west side building. You're kind of in between, you know what I mean, at a corner of two buildings right now. So what's your guys' plan? Are you going to be walking into Because right now you could walk in front of the south side building you can walk inside the west side building or you can cut between them and walk into like the the park courtyard that's in the middle in the you know what i mean the middle of all these buildings there and william are you going to be going with or are you going to be staying where you're at or well i guess i assume i'll be walking like behind him just you know <sighs> making sure no one follows him or whatever and they'll be like what do you hope to find there I'm not entirely sure yet. Chris, out of curiosity, did I hear anything from one of the buildings with the frenzy, or did I not get there in time for that? You did not hear, and plus the building's pretty far away from where you're at right now. Like right. I said, the south building and the west building is by you right now, but the east side building is kind of at a distance from you right now. Okay. Can I try to open up my perceptions with aspects to see if I can get any indication as to which way I should go? Explain to me what, 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 when you say which way you're going, like, what are you trying to find? Well, with, uh, with heightened senses, aspects one, um, mm -hmm. part of the description is that occasionally this talent provides extrasensory or precognitive insights. I'm wondering if there's a way that I can roll for that or if it's just fiat. How do you want to roll that? I, I guess what I'm asking is like, you, you're trying to get a perception of where to go, but like, I guess like, what, what, what is it that you're trying to find? You know what I mean? Like, like, I know, you, am I making sense? You know, like, what are you trying to perceive? He's trying to find little. Okay. He's trying to find little. I just, there won't be a really a role for that right now. Cause there's so much going on right now. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I can describe what you're seeing when you start walking forward and everything like that. But when you got what you're walking right now, like northeast right and you're walking like through this basketball court to the opposite corner and you see between these two buildings you have a you have a view of this 
like 200 foot by 200 foot or excuse me 100 yard by 100 yard like courtyard that's in, in the back of all these projects right and you see that there's actually like a sidewalk that surrounds that square and you see within the grass that's in between the sidewalk you see there's actually this like ran down decrepit couch and there's like about six seven people that are sitting on there they're african americans and you just kind of hear them like they're sitting there but they're not like as loud as others that are around him. You see, they seem more focused. They seem more intent. And they seem to be like, like sit leaning against the couch. A couple are sitting on it, but they're all like facing like different directions. And you can tell by the, like their body language, especially with your background security, that these people are most likely watching for something. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like not like they're like stormtroopers who are like walking back and forth, but they're definitely like in the back there and they're trying to be inconspicuous, but they're definitely there with a purpose. And then you see further north in this courtyard, you see that there's like a set of three grills and this old like picnic table. And you see that there's about like five people there that are grilling and a couple are like sitting on the picnic table. And these people are not trying to watch anything. You can see that they're drinking and they're being loud. And they're like, like three of them are males and there's two females that are sitting there. But you also see that like there are about 30 people all about that are just walking around in the back here. You see that there's like homeless people and you see like there's like kids that are from the area. And you see like this old lady who's like trying to like has one of those like um, little personal shopping carts that they like, you know, take to like a, a store with them who's trying to walk there slowly. You see that like there's like homeless people who, like I said, who are just kind of like leaning against some of these buildings. And there's this constant din of sound that's coming through again. And and like uh, and you kind of get the sense that like you, you realize the poverty level that is here. You see like extension cords that are being ran from like one apartment to like another, assuming to like getting power from, from like they didn't pay their electricity bill or you see, you know, different stuff like that, that that's about in the back there. And it just seems like there's life that is going on there. But and I've thought about what you asked about the perception and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give that to you. And I'm going to give it to you both. Cause when you both are talking and you're like walking through this grass, that's like between these two buildings, you see the building that's towards the North. And there's a moment where you're talking and you're having this both talk, small talk and you stop and you look at that one building in the North and you for a second fear that you have that, sense of fear that you felt for a little bit when you had that botched astral projection now it's not for the same reasons but it's that unspoken unseen eeriness that just kind of like curdles the blood that's within you and makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand out a little bit and when you feel that too there's like a moment where you both are talking and you stop and you look at this building on the north that just kind of stands out there and right now you guys are kind of like in the shadows a little bit of the building and no one is quite seeing you yet, but you know very well that the way you guys are walking that you guys are going to stand out very badly here soon. William, perhaps it would be better if you waited in your car. Do you have a firearm? Not currently on me, but I'll make sure I can always scare away any interlopers. Trust me. Okay. I will, uh, do what I can to go in unnoticed. And with that, I will activate Obfuscate 2. All right. And William, you're going back to your car? Yeah. yeah. William would probably stick out like a sore thumb. So William, you slowly start walking back to your car. Uh, two things. I want to know what's going on in both your heads, especially with like seeing that tower. Let's go with you, William, first. While you're walking back to your car, what's going on in your head right now? Well, William's sort of, you know, 
It's just like every time we're here, something happens. So it's just hopefully, hopefully, you know, things will stay calm, but sort of doesn't believe that in his heart. How, how does that building yeah. make you feel like, like the feeling that building brought out in you, that little sense of like, uh, unease. Yeah. It's, it's like the opposite of the buildings Ellsworth sort of showed him. You know? Oh, definitely. Like, so it's like, not that. Yeah. I feel you. It's very, it's very, I think it's cool how William is starting to have a new perception on things, especially like the city. You know what I mean? Like a lot of kindred are territorial, but this is like a whole new, different level. Like the like like everything in the city kind of speaks to you in a weird way. You know what I mean? And like that building does. So that that that's definitely I like that a lot. What about you, Warren? What's going on as you start walking forward? Warren just has this creeping dread um, that something might go horribly, horribly wrong. Like the last time he was in this part of town. And yeah, he's a, a part of him is just deathly afraid that he is going to pointlessly lose control. I mean, if, if if he happens to brutalize someone deliberately and while he's under control, that's a little more satisfying to him if he's in the right mood. He just what's doesn't it? like losing it to the beast. Exactly. And what's your blood pool at right now? Right now it's ten. Oh, it's ten. Okay, definitely. So you're walking and you're starting to get to this courtyard here. And you see that building that's in the north and you see the back of the east side building and you see kind of have a good view of the backs of these all these buildings and kind of like the parking lots that are in the kitty corner of them. Where are you going to right now? He's going to get into the building to the north. You're going to head gonna towards there? Yeah, he's going to approach the front door, see if it's open. Okay, so to do that, you'll have to walk like towards the park. You have to walk north until you get to the front of the building and make a right. And there's a parking lot on your left. But before you get there, you're walking towards the you're walking in the back of the courtyard, right? And you're walking past these people, unseen, unknown. And you as you're walking further north, you kind of notice that like the the there's more people that are loitering a little bit on the side of the building. There's about four African Americans there that are that are standing there. Again, they seem to be somewhat on edge. You kind of sense that like they are trying to be observant of what's going on around them. Let's cut to Katow. Katow, I need you to give me another perception and alertness roll. Difficulty six, please. Five successes. You're sitting there wondering what the fuck you saw William going on. Like, okay, what's going on in your head with everything that you've witnessed and heard and seen so far? And you're sitting there because you're kind of so like a... right, for right now. The, best, the big thing going through his head is what he heard from Valentine's phone. Is like he he I know that's he had he friends. He's he's certain about that. So now the, his big issue is okay. That means the guy I the guy I asked to come here and check things out just killed someone, and so he's like. Is that on? He's like, is that on me? Did I? Was that my fault? Oh wow! Is he feeling a sense of like remorse for that? He, he he's unsure at the moment because he he doesn't know like what the situation was. He doesn't know if it was like out of, you know, if it was like you know someone just about to get him. He doesn't know what happened, and so he's like, but definitely as soon as we consider earlier what happened, that Valentine is now just sort of like creeps him out almost. He's like. Yeah, so both times I've been in you know, in this short time I've known this guy, you know, he's an old man had a heart attack next to him. Now he just killed someone. I don't know if I sh I don't know if a long term relationship with this guy is going to be healthy. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting perspective, and 
I mean, to be honest, right now you're sitting there, you're kind of like an orchestrator right now. You're the, a composer and you're just watching these pieces move into place. You're like kind of sitting there. I mean, especially like what, what did seeing William's car go by? Like, what did that bring up in you? That definitely like, so that he's starting to wonder like, so is he doing this on his own or is he doing this on orders from the other Ventru? Because I mean, now he's starting to realize that he's definitely like, you know, he's asking, you know, he asked uh, his only other gangrel, uh, I forget what her name is. Annabelle. Uh, Annabelle. To like, you know, talk to the Bruja, but now he's I'm like, you know, he's starting to wonder like, you know, what are all the, the clans doing? What are their plans going on? Because he's, he knows he, you know, he's in his group are trying to plan something. So now he's starting to wonder, so what are the others doing? I mean, and to be honest, right, what are the odds of having this many kindred in this area at this time? Yeah, and it's like he knows he asked some of them, but William too. There's there's something going on. Now, two questions. I'll leave, I guess, the more important one for last. Is Katal starting to have an outlook to where, like, okay, if Valentine killed someone, well, he killed someone, but the the objective has to get done, or is he like you're saying? Is he pondering like when you say like, are you gonna have to have a relationship with? Are you gonna have a relationship with them in the future? Does that mean like because of the moral side of things, or because of the the messes that he leaves behind. I think this is definitely like it's uh, it's definitely some a bit more more moral. Is it hurt effect is like he's definitely feeling like much more conflicted than he would have thought of. Like, but morally, it's like he, I asked him to do something and he just killed someone. Oh, so 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 the moral is still there. The the morals, even though you're trying to play the game, you're still being kind of anchored down a little bit by the shit that Jonathan yeah, was trying yeah, to tell you. Surprising a little bit too by just how much it actually is bothering him. That is like. Mm. I still care actually a little bit. That's really that's interesting. Well, I'm sure that's a, I don't know. Either it could be a warm feeling, it could be a good feeling, or it could be why am I caring? That's weakness. You know what I mean? Feeling. There's one maybe we can explore. And the second question I have is: Is he starting to feel overwhelmed now, realizing that all these moving parts are happening at this moment? He's definitely reconsidering. Just like okay, so he's definitely like. In the future, if I have to do this, I have to make sure that I know what they can do before I send them out anywhere. Like I, I came before he had an idea of what Lenny could do. Yeah. And he, when he went there, like he hasn't heard any news of you know dead bodies in the streets. With Valentine, he's like, definitely, I should not have trusted asked him to come along this quickly. He's too much of a wild card for me to. Yeah, and I get that, and I, I guess my question also, I meant more of like with seeing William and realizing that like a lot is going on at this moment. Oh, I see. Are you starting to feel like overwhelmed? Like Katow's starting to feel overwhelmed a little bit? Like you might have bit off more you can chew? Or is he feeling like the rush of like, oh, now there's another piece here on the board? You know what I mean? And it's all kind of... The thing is more of this rush is like, oh. okay, so now I can have to figure out that, figure out what these guys and It's getting so complicated, the, but it's not, not overwhelming yet. You know, I've, I've never... I, 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 for anyone listening, I've never like guided any player to like adapt their character to any way right but I've, one thing that i think i have and others who, who listen to our stuff and wanted to see is katal become more of the political predator we kind of have like made jokes on the side about this happening and to hear now that like katal's like ooh, i'm trying to get a rush rather than feel overwhelmed the storyteller in me is kind of like a little fist pumping because that's the angle i wanted to see him go but if you would have said otherwise i wouldn't have held it against you either you know <laughs> but no, yeah, that, no that's no, Definitely right, right now. If it, if it was like you know, you saw like you know the sheriff in this posse role, then be like, oh no, something's I'm gonna back out on this. And always like, just William is like, okay, it's getting getting interesting, but it's still manageable. Well, I got something else to add to that. So let's uh -oh. see if you feel the same way afterwards. So as you're sitting there like piecing this all together, 
you are again sitting in your car by yourself just the side you hear just like this noise that's coming from across the street you got your windows down and you see from your right one dark suv drive by like heading to the looks like in front of the north building you know and in the parallel street and you're looking through your passenger window and you see another one and then another one and then you see one more but you see the back window roll down and you see a figure looking out not at you, but just like out at the night, and you re- you you recognize that person to be Max Cleveland. Cleveland, you see his finely cut red hair and his glasses and his well trimmed red goatee as he's looking out the window, and then you see another SUV pass by, and then no more follow that at that moment. As soon as that, after, as soon as he see that go by, he's like he's gonna go to his phone and he's like Lenny Valentine. There's a guy. There's a guy. A convoy headed in with a guy called Max Cleveland. What, okay. Whatever he does here, keep an eye on him. So we will cut to Lenny and Valentine. You guys are walking towards each other, and Valentine, you hear a muffling sound coming from your phone, like a voice coming through your pocket. As Lenny, you're walking past the five people who are standing by that first floor window, and you're kind of walking towards, like, closer towards the corner. Away from the building, the north building, but just kind of like meeting Valentine there. And you two are standing in front of each other. And before we go to the phone call, Lenny, you're looking down at Valentine right now. And you get this sense of eeriness from him. You know, because Valentine now has a humanity of four. And you're looking down at him. And you realize that this kid is not the same as he was before. And when he stares back up, you uh, back up at you even with his obfuscated eyes you sense this blackness that are coming from within and then you hear the mumbling valentine coming from your pocket and you kind of hear that too lenny go ahead scenes on you guys i'll take the phone out of my pocket and hold it up to my ear for a bit of look but i'll kind of hunch over so that it doesn't look like so obvious are any of those guys paying us attention no they're not paying attention to you all that at the moment no i say again did you hear me there's a guy coming in on the convoy. Keep an eye. His name's Max Cleveland. Keep an eye on him. What does he look like? Uh, I was describing you know, the red hair, the uh, what you, uh, the description you, I just saw. Uh, thanks. I'll put the phone back in my pocket. I'll be like, keep it down. We've got people around. What's with the uh, the look? I'm just looking at him like, what do you mean? Why'd you change? Mm, I thought I'd blend in better like this. Might be able to get somewhere we couldn't get in our other in my other disguise. Oh, well, what do you want? Uh, what have you found out? I'll kind of head gesture towards that uh, building. He's in there somewhere. Gotcha. Okay, I'll say to Lenny, and I'll kind of say it so that the phone can hear too. I'll be like, we might be on a bit of a time limit here. Okay. Some shit went down. Hmm. Why don't I try and see if this new face will get me in that building? I'll bring you along. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's go. And I'll I'll just saunter. I'll walk with like swagger slash confidence, like you know, I'm from around here. I'm known. Yeah, definitely. So there's two ways that you can head towards the north building, right? You mm-hmm. can continue around the corner that you're going, go forward a little bit, and then cut diagonally to, di- diagonally to your right and head towards the north building through the courtyard in the back, or you can turn around and walk past those five guys. I kind of go on the side of the building towards the north building. It's kind of your call. Let's avoid those guys. I don't want to have to try and pretend to be someone I don't know. (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely. Okay. So you both are walking along the side of the building. Quick question before I continue on, Lenny, do you still have your heightened senses on? Yeah, probably for now. So when you walk past that side door, which is now closed, and you see the sign that says for groundskeepers only, you smell the coppery smell of blood just like like permeate, like just coming from that room in waves. What's your blood pool at right now? 10. Okay. So it doesn't affect you, but you smell it and you stop for a second and you could just like it's overcoming. Like, like really like not too often in your life have you smelled, you know what I mean? Blood that heavy in the air other than times that you probably have lost it, which has happened quite a bit, you know, with your flaw and your humanity of five. Yeah. I, uh, as we're passing, I'll just kind of be like, smells like you made a mess. I'll look at him like, don't ask, give you that kind of look like the stink eye kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to... Th- you have to do something about that. Let's just hope no one finds it before we're done here. Just kind of nod. Like, I'm, I'm understanding what he means by, like, we're on a time limit now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and just quietly in my head, I'm thinking, like, shit. Like, if someone finds them and they see the kind of way that they were killed, like, what the fuck are they going to think? And I'm, I'm just kind of, an idea's just dawned on me while we're walking past. I look down at the gun in my belt and I'm like, if we get an opportunity on the way back... I'll say this to Lenny. If we get an opportunity on the way back, I'm going to have to pop in there again. Okay. Hmm. Don't ask. <laughs> Wasn't but in my head, I'm thinking what I want to do, and I don't know if I'm going to get to this, but I'm going to go in there and unload the gun into their bodies before we leave just to make it look like a shooting. But that's it's just what's going through my head right now. Yeah, which is funny because you don't know why they're on edge, but we all as players know that do the massacre that happened in that alleyway, how you actually did it would probably leave, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, like fit into that, 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 that uh, idea. So I want to take a quick moment to real quick. We, you botched the, the, the humanity role and you chose a derangement while we mm-hmm. were on different scenes. Would you care to tell us what derangement you chose and what it is and why you chose it? So I've chosen hysteria, which means, Basically, under times of stress or anxiety, I'm prone to go a little bit nuts and possibly frenzy or lose control. So, just what a perfect situation to gain this in, right? Now, uh, <laughs> does it require you to roll a self control roll when you feel under moments of stress? Yeah, that's right. So, I make frenzy checks whenever subjected to stress or pressure. And if it's sudden stress or especially, especially severe, uh, difficulties increased to eight from six. Also, any botches, I automatically frenzy on those rolls. Damn, man. Difficulty eight. That's fucking hard, dude. I feel like you're going to have to be a willpower chugging mofo, man. That's that's pretty intense right there. Okay. It's like I'm almost blinded yeah. by the need, the thirst for vengeance. Yeah. And, that... and I feel like any killing or any kind of excessive actions I might take is just me using a hammer to fix to get closer to fixing that problem that I've been pursuing since I got here. And you're also a child still too. You know what I mean? And that really fits with the concept too, like just feeling overwhelmed and hysterical. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that a lot. So you and Lenny are walking 
around the corner and now you're on the backside of the building and you seen the the you see the scene that I described in the courtyard except for the couch is kind of further to the the west side so it's across the courtyard from you that couch and the grills and everything are more closer to the north side of the courtyard behind the north side building and you guys are walking along and no one really says anything to you because it's nighttime and people are kind of some people are inebriated like i said there's a, like 30 people walking you know through the courtyard around the courtyard so you're easily able to walk and not be noticed now of course i assume that like when he's not like right behind this kid and this kid's walking like you know like five feet behind this bomb you know that that it is valentine and lenny and you guys are walking to the side of the north side building now it's not the side of the building that Warren saw because this, you're on the east side of the north side building and Warren's on the west side of the north side building. So you guys are walking and you just see like the windows there. So you got to go around to the front. There's only a door on the west side that Warren is on. Warren, give me a perception alertness roll, please. Difficulty six. Uh, two successes. So as you are standing there, Warren, for mm -hmm. a second before you get to you know, to the side of the west side of the building, you can see it. You look to your right and you see two figures walking along the grass and you know automatically you see through their obfuscation and you see that the figure, you've never actually seen any of these two people before, but you see them like walking along. You, sh you see the, the short figure of Valentine with like his longer ears and his like, you know, actually... I want to. I want you guys to describe it. I know we've described it before, but it's been a while since we described your true form. But I really wanted to be impactful to Warren when he sees it. So Warren, you see these two figures walking along. Valentine, describe your unobfuscated figure right now as you're walking, if you could, please. Probably looks maybe slightly comical because I'm wearing like these baggy kind of clothes. You know, I might. I guess I've got like a basketball jersey and some shorts on, and I'm walking with the swagger. But then, actual appearance. Unobfuscated. I'm guessing my ears are kind of bobbing a bit from each step. You know, I've got that kind of, uh, I've got the face of a child, but it's obviously disfigured and ugly. Like my nose is kind of upturned and slightly worn away so that my nostrils are a little bit more like slits. Uh, I've got this kind of cruel mouth with the two prominent front teeth, quite sharp, very wispy, thin hair on a bald head, which is covered in kind of, what looks like scar tissue and blemishes and stuff. And I'm just an ugly little motherfucker, basically. And Lenny, if you could describe uh, what he sees on the unobfuscated version of you again. So Lenny is very pale, pasty, with like no body hair of any kind. And there's like these weird little like patches on his flesh where it's like almost like scaly like that nasty slimy kind of scales of fish that's been you know partly scaled away but some are still remaining and just like in these weird patches almost like uh like some kind of weird infection just like in on his elbow and occasionally in some spots on his like on his cheeks and he's got this like um uh, just like toothy mouth full of like teeth just the, all of them all crooked and sharp and his uh eyes are like opaque and like dead like that of a corpse so you see warren these two figures are walking like like at a diagonal towards the east side of the building and then they're out of your line of sight hello folks 
Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more.